1: It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, Ian's Impact. Parts of Florida changed forever. The death toll rising. Urgent search and rescue missions up and down the coast for what could become the deadliest hurricane in Florida history. And the storm is expected to make landfall again today. We're live with the latest. Then, start your engines. How one man is introducing a new type of truck. To an old-school industry. There's no way that that <laughs> thing is going to haul logs, I'll tell you, in the first place. An electric big rig that could help truckers save big and help the environment. You've got to care about the planet a bit. Jeez. Their story straight ahead. Plus, live from New York, SNL is back for its 48th season with the return of some familiar faces along with a few new ones. Your first look straight ahead. Today, Friday, September 30th,
2: 2022. <laughs> From Rosemont, Illinois. Peoria, Arizona. Arizona. Caracas, Venezuela. And Lacey,
3: Washington. Here for Audrey's 21st birthday.
4: Hi to my mom, a Tonight Show superfan watching in
1: Cleveland, Ohio. Did. I did. Yeah. I think I might have seen them. Yeah. The line went round and round the block. Good morning. Welcome back to you today. There was an ice cream truck that was here this morning. <gasps> really? Yeah. yeah.
5: Jimmy, our director said city, rolled up. There was an ice cream
1: truck. They were like, why not Smart. come? We they were selling cones. Quick note about next week. Katie Clark's going to be here Monday morning, an exclusive live interview. Her first since she shared her breast cancer diagnosis this week. So we'll talk to Katie about how she's doing. She really wants to spread an important message about screenings.
5: So we will talk to her about that a lot more. forward to that on Monday. Uh, Let's get to our news at eight o'clock on this Friday. Hurricane Ian recharged and on the move. Georgia and the Carolinas are next in its sights. Meantime, in Florida, rescuers are still trying to reach people at this hour. People stranded by floodwaters as the full scope of the damage becomes apparent. NBC's Morgan Chesky, he got a firsthand look at all the devastation. Hey, Morgan, good morning.
6: Hey, Hoda, good morning. And you're right. You want to believe that this should be day two of this long recovery process. But there are search and rescue operations ongoing at this hour and the situation especially dire on Sanibel Island, where at least two people have been killed as a result of hurricane Ian, that community witnessing some of the worst of what this storm left behind. This morning, the devastation in Florida becoming clear. Whole towns leveled near the famed Fort Myers Beach. The damage is historic. You ain't going to be able to get in that house safely. We met John Strong, a volunteer out checking on neighbors, hoping to help those who lost everything from a storm that rewrote the rules.
5: We were Irma ready. But not Ian. No, absolutely not.
6: Communities on Florida's Gulf Coast left cut off. Sanibel Island, once a picturesque escape for vacationers, now the scene of complete devastation.
7: It got hit with really biblical storm surge, and it washed away roads, it washed away structures.
6: The island taking the brunt of Ian's impact as the monstrous storm made landfall. Time-lapse video shows the storm surge drowning the area, the wall of water rising an estimated 8 to 15 feet. I mean, there's just stuff going everywhere. It's, I've never seen damage like this. I've lived here my whole life. It's unreal. Boats tossed like toys. The lone bridge connecting the island cracked and crumbled with the storm's 140-mile-an-hour winds putting some sections totally underwater.
2: We've had about 200 households that didn't evacuate on the island that we know of.
6: Anyone still trapped on the isolated island now waiting for rescue by boat or air. We joined the Lee County Sheriff as he surveyed some of the hardest-hit areas to see the full scope of Ian's power.
0: The heart shakes when you look down. As we are speaking right now, there are people that want us and, need us, and we
7: can't
6: get to them. People like Jack and Betty Hennard, an elderly couple who hasn't been heard from since the storm hit their condo. The worst part is the wait and the unknown
3: and not knowing if they're okay.
6: Their son Scott says his parents were unable to evacuate in time and forced to hunker down on their ground floor. But rescuers are stepping up, the Coast Guard racing to those stranded in Sanibel. And across the region, communities coming together to help out those in need. And at last check, we do know that power has been restored to about a million Floridians, but that still leaves about a million more in the dark today. And as for that situation on Sanibel Island, Hoda we asked the sheriff how long will it take to get that bridge up and rebuilt. He says the governor told him it could take years. They're trying to establish some sort of ferry service, but for the lives of everyone on that island, this storm has forever changed them. Indeed,
5: indeed, it's a beautiful place, too, Sanibel Island. All right, Morgan Chesky for us. Morgan, thank you. And Ian is still
1: going. The path now points toward another landfall in South Carolina this time. NBC meteorologist Bill Keren has got an update on when it could hit, how strong it will be. I know you just got it in the last few minutes.
7: Yeah, the life-threatening weather is arriving on the coastline of South Carolina. We already have the flash flood warning for the Charleston area. The winds are really starting to pick up now. And the high tide will be arriving as we go through the morning and peaking right around the noon hour. So there's the wind gust currently as the storm is only 100 miles off the coast. That's the new update from the Hurricane Center, still a Category 1. It's going to dissipate in 36 hours. That landfall will be this afternoon. Then the winds will quickly weaken. So we have numerous life-threatening conditions. One will be the landfall with the winds. Peak winds between Charleston, Georgetown, and the Myrtle Beach could be anywhere 70 to 100 mile per hour winds. That's significant tree damage and minor roof damage to many areas. Then we have this huge rain area covering much of the Carolinas through Virginia, the Mid-Atlantic, all the way up to southern New England. Flash flooding and urban flooding is a possibility. And as far as the storm surge, and this is what you saw, those pictures that caused the most damage from Naples, Bonita Springs, all the way to Fort Myers, and of course Sanibel and Captiva. This is going to be to the right of landfall. We're targeting the area from Georgetown to Myrtle Beach. This is the region that is likely to have the highest storm surge. We want it to come during low tide late this afternoon and not during the noon hour, because if it does, then we could see significant problems with water near homes, dunes, roads, and more damage, just like we've seen in the past. Uh, All right. Uh, Bill, thank you so much. Meanwhile, two kayakers out to catch some fish yesterday ended up rescuing five people from the waters off Lynn, Massachusetts. The kayakers spotted some kind of commotion on the horizon, so they paddled out and they reached the five boaters whose dinghy had capsized. They were floating in the chilly water, but thankfully, thankfully, they were wearing life jackets. The kayakers tossed out a rope. They managed to paddle. All five people safely to shore where paramedics and firefighters were ready to take over. But the lesson here is also obvious. Wear the life jackets are yeah, yeah. right out there. Indeed.
5: Indeed. All right, we got our news covered, guys. I've got a morning news yes. for you. Okay, the sounds that kids like and the sounds that kids don't. The toddler <laughs> in Syracuse, he wasn't expecting so much noise on her first day of preschool uh that was the side eye okay but even with all the screaming onyx rain she just kept it together you know i guess somebody's got to kind of be grown look she's at her like, where have i taken me <laughs> she's like what don't leave me here that was, that was cute
7: uh straight ahead here on a friday morning a new shakeup
1: in the world of late night We're gonna tell you who's ready to give up their hosting duties now. All right, but first we're gonna introduce you to a trucker doing things a little bit differently, responding to high fuel costs by building an electric 18-wheeler. Well, one day it's a creation that could revolutionize the shipping industry. Jacob Ward with the story right after this.
7: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
4: When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed.
1: We are back, eight thirteen. What Works Today, our series introducing you to people, good folks out there just trying to change the world mm-hmm. and make it a little bit better. Yeah,
7: you probably have noticed that gas prices are starting to tick back up. And the high cost of fuel has really hit the shipping industry
5: especially. And that is where NBC's Jake Ward comes in. He recently met a fourth-generation trucker who's created something that he hopes will revolutionize the industry. This is pretty remarkable.
0: It is very cool, Mm -hmm. you guys. You know, good morning. Great to be with all of you. You know, we have heard a lot about Tesla's plans, for instance, to build an electric semi-truck. But up in British Columbia, a young trucker decided not to wait. He and his team home-built a prototype that they hope will be able to outperform traditional diesels with fuel costs that can run up to $20,000 a month. In the town of Hope, just north of the Canadian border, With wildfires burning only a few miles away, the local truck show is a celebration of diesel-fueled horsepower. But these veteran truckers are eyeing a new model. There's no (laughs) way that that thing is gonna haul logs, I'll tell you, in the first place. Why is that? Because I've hauled logs most of my life, and don't tell me if some electric truck's gonna rattle up and down logging roads. Yeah. stay together. This is the brainchild of 32-year-old Chase Barber and his young team. In the trucker TikTok world, Chase is a star. But here, he does not seem to have a lot of influence. This is a logging town. And Barber has hauled timber here since he was 18. So what causes the son, grandson, and great-grandson of loggers to try to transform the old gas-powered logging truck?
7: Too much time in the wheel thinking, like, there's a better way.
0: Logging trucks are big, brutal, and dirty. So Barber and his partners built this prototype out of a 1962 Kenworth in his backyard. Electric batteries provide 550 horsepower. A diesel generator recharges them. Depending on the job, this system could use anywhere from 25% to 100% less fuel than a traditional engine.
3: The harder you work this thing, the more money you're gonna save.
0: And it's powerful.
3: I've never driven a logging truck that accelerated the way this thing did.
0: By design, none of this technology is new, but no one has ever slapped it into a truck before. The ultimate goal is to haul 140,000 pound loads of timber down these mountain roads with hardly any pollution or noise. Oh, wow, it's on. It's on. That's what you I was like, oh, here comes the startup, but no. Nope, no. Nope, we're That's just it. going. That's all you get. That's amazing. But the real challenge is selling this concept to guys who love their trucks just the way they are. You wouldn't catch me in the middle
3: of nowhere with an electric
0: truck. But high fuel costs seem to be making Chase's case for him. It's just the way everything's going in the world nowadays. You know, yeah, you know, the price of diesel right now is through the roof. You know, if I can get rid of that cost alone as a, as a company owner or driver, you know, then why not? Let's do it.
3: That's the nice thing about this setup is it doesn't matter if your intentions are you care about climate change and you want a reduction in emissions or if you just want high horsepower.
0: The hope is that loggers will buy this truck for what it does, and the planet will benefit from what it does not do. I know you're a logger and you're selling to loggers, but you sound like a climate activist. Yeah, I've got to care about the planet a bit. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Barber's next steps include putting in electric drive axles, and then he's going to test to see how it performs fully loaded with logs. I mean, this is the thing. Bottom line is that everyone in the trucking industry understands that electric vehicles are the future, both because fuel costs are so high and because they need to cut back on emissions. This prototype, Chase hopes, could be a model for others to follow. Wow! wow.
1: And I love his motto: yeah. stealing I, Tesla's idea. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's He's funny because
0: about it. we asked him about that, and we said, "You know, are you are you really stealing Tesla's idea?" He's like, no, "No, no, it's Nikola Tesla had a rival."
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh-huh.
0: historical joke. No, I like the that. truth of the matter is, these these are such awesome DIY yeah. guys. They were cruising around us in little electric go-karts while yeah. we were driving around. I mean, they're just this little like backyard fun group, right. you know. But they've made this incredibly powerful thing. The first time they drove it, they cracked. The transaxle because that electric power is so incredible, cool. and if they can actually get it up there, yeah. and then you know get up the mountain with all those uh-huh. logs, come down and hit the brakes hard enough, you could recharge that uh, battery without ever having to turn on the. Diesel. How was the ride when you're in the in the truck? Well, what's so cool about it is when you get in there, right, and it's so silent because you just don't the engine is totally silent. You hear that 1962 chassis all around you, right. kind of cranking and so yeah. forth, but you know it's a it's a quiet, quiet thing. Run. But once he floors it, it throws. You you back yeah. in your seat, yeah. And that's why it would be so great for a use cool.
1: like this. All right, Jake, well, that was awesome. Good to see you Thank in you. Uh-huh. Love the can-do attitude yeah. of this guy. That's yeah. cool. All right, let's go to Bill and get a check of the weather.
7: Well, good morning once again, everyone. We are, of course, watching the landfall uh, in areas of South Carolina today. But for the recovery efforts in Florida, things are beginning to improve. If weather-wise, the winds are light, the sun is out, so that's good news there. And grab that jacket in the northeast this morning. It is a cold morning. These are the kind of mornings that start getting those leaves changing pretty quickly. And reminds you, it's time to get those pumpkins, too. And that's your Friday forecast.
5: Bill, well, you know what? It's time for what? It's time for Jacob Soboroff. Oh, Come up, on, babe, go! So Except go. no
3: substitutes for Mr. Daly, but I will do my best. Here we go. First up, Trevor Noah, the Daily Show host, announcing big news. He's going to be stepping down from the late night talk show after seven years behind the desk. And, and I realize that after the seven years, um, my time is up. I, uh, yeah, but in 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 the most in the most beautiful way. Honestly, I. I've loved hosting this show. It's been one of my greatest challenges. It's been one of my greatest joys. It's a weird thing to say. I've never been good at, uh, at goodbyes. And it's not instant, I'm not disappearing, don't worry. If I owe you money, I'll still pay you. (laughs) It's amazing what he's done in in seven years. He shared the news on Twitter before Thursday night's show, hinting he wants to get back into stand-up, which is where he got his start. No word yet on when his last Daily Show appearance will be. But congrats on a great run. He will be missed. He will. Coming up next, The Boss... Uh, the, he just announced, Bruce Springsteen, that he's got a new album oh. on the way. The new album, Only the Strong Survive, features 15 different soul covers. Okay. It's going to wow. include it. It's from The Supremes, The Temptations, oh. The Four Tops. It's coming to you on November oh. the 11th. I love
1: that he didn't think he had a good... Like no he's idea. He's a legend, and he's yes. like, I, I don't really sing it like that like great. I Tom Hanks
3: the other day saying, I only had four movies. I three. know. Okay. <laughs> it's
1: like, you're a legend. Come on, guys. You're on a national it. treasure. Yeah, yes, ads. you can sing. Thank you.
3: Amen. <laughs> uh, coming up next, the Billboard Latin Music Award. They celebrated the very best in Latin music last night. Puerto Rican star Bad Bunny was the winner, taking home nine different awards, including Artist of the Year and Tour of the Year. Christina Aguilera was honored with the Spirit of Hope Award for her philanthropic endeavors. And she also performed her hit song La Reina. Coming up next, it is Bond, James Bond. Amazon Prime just announced that all, all of them, 25 different films featuring 007 will be available on Prime Video on October 5th. They're also going to be adding a documentary called The Sound of 007, it's pretty cool, about the history of music in the Bond franchise. You remember, you guys, the soundtrack hits from artists like Adele, yeah. uh, Sam Smith, Paul McCartney, Wings 2. It's all to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Bond. October 5th is the world premiere of Dr. No hitting the scene back in 1962. And guys, we are going to be celebrating global James Bond Day right here on Today. New okay. What
1: are we going to do? News
3: to you. We'll find yeah. out. We
1: we'll we'll never, we're out. the last you'll to know. You'll find out,
3: you'll find out next week on Today. Don't forget to tune in. Yeah. And finally, SNL. How can uh. we do this without SNL? The show's coming back this weekend for the 48th season. That is insane. Leading the lineup of guest hosts is Top Gun Maverick star Miles Teller. This week, the show shared a sneak peek at the premiere table read. Look, I'm pretty excited uh, for what's to come. And last night, he caught up with cast member Chloe Feynman during her behind-the-scenes tour on Instagram.
2: Tune in this weekend. Tune in this weekend. Miles Teller. That's me. It's going to be on the show. Chloe's in it. So, Mikey, what do you think about the big premiere this very Saturday?
7: I'm excited. What do you
3: think Meryl Streep would think about the big premiere?
2: Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> she is a
3: master, actually, of celebrity impressions. I cannot I'll wait to won. see what her uh, impressions are in this season. Guys, tune into the premiere this Saturday right here on NBC. That is your pub Star. Right? Okay,
1: cool. Nice going. All right, now our special series, Friday Morning Lights. We're checking in with high schools across the country ahead of their big football games. Let's Friday go night. to Westchester,
5: Ohio, and the Lakota West High School. It's homecoming. Oh. and Coach Tom Bolden is with us along with our pal, Megan Mitchell. We know Megan from our Cincinnati affiliate, WLWT. Good morning, good morning. How y'all feeling?
2: You guys... It's feeling like fall yeah, out of yes. here. And I don't just mean because, yes, the air is crisp. We're talking football. We're talking not just any football. Homecoming day for L- Lakota, Lakota West. Lakota West
4: football. Lakota okay, West yeah, football. Yeah, absolutely. So here's
2: the thing. We've got cheerleaders. We've got the football team. We've got the color guard and the band. But standing right next to me, we've got a legacy oh, football wow. coach here Ooh. in Southwest Ohio, Tom Bolden. I'm oh, about yeah.
6: to. That cost me a lot of money for her to say that. <laughs>
2: And you know what? It's worth every penny because you guys are 6-0 right now. Tell us what's so special about this team.
7: Uh, They're
6: dedicated, just like all these kids that you see here. They're dedicated, they're disciplined, they have passion for what they do. Uh, It's Midwest football, it's Cincinnati football, it's Lakota West football.
2: I love it. And you know what's really nice is that you're actually facing a rival in this area, so this homecoming means a lot the energy is up so many students have showed up this morning for it but the community at large I mean this team means so much to them this game means so much to them I remember going to those homecoming games when I was five years old that you're on my hometown Uh, team right
7: yeah it is uh it's not
6: what we do it's part of who we are around here it's uh it's every bit of our fabric and all that and
7: uh this is this is who we are
2: absolutely and you know what it's the reason for the season. Football season is here. Absolutely. And you've got the entire crowd behind us here, and this is so much fun.
6: This is uh, where else would you want to be? Westchester, Ohio, Lakota West High School, tonight, homecoming. Let's get out. Go!
2: Let's go! The the tonight, coming up
1: next, the third hour of today.
6: This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary.